This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. My guest on the podcast today is Max Israel. Max is the CEO of Customerville, author of Design Driven Feedback, and the host of CX blog called 40 Billion Reasons. Welcome to the podcast, Max. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So from your perspective, what does it mean to be a CX professional? Uh, that's a good question. That's a moving target. I really think, um, I think CX professionals are about the employee. I just think as an industry, we've got something wrong. Uh, if you ask people what CX professionals do, I think we often in the back of our minds think we're about distributing data. Like we want to collect some data points about the customer experience and share them with the team and hope that magic happens and it, yeah. it won't. So the answer to your question is I think that, uh, that you are the storyteller in chief of the most important story going on in your company. Be a great one and you'll make your colleagues' lives fuller and better. And then the CX metrics will just kind of happen. So we need you to be storytellers at scale. Maybe kind of think of yourself like a Netflix producer. That is your job in the story you're producing and series you're producing is the, the customer one. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. The storyteller in chief uh, yeah. from now on, any CX yeah. professional, I'm going to tell them they are the storyteller in chief. Yeah. And what is, what, by the way, what does that make my job as the CEO yeah. of customer book? That means we have to go beyond making surveys and reports and we've got to make the tools, the software tools for mm -hmm. telling that story at scale. Right. No, that's a great point. Yeah. You know, one question I had is, uh, why is your vlog called 40 billion reasons? That is, dude, that's a throwback. So years ago, <laughs> when we kind of started, you know, with this idea of design driven feedback and how can we make surveys better? We hired, um, we hired a research firm to ask, you know, how many times a year are Americans going to get asked for feedback via a survey? And I remember like just being gobsmacked when they came back and said 40 billion times. That was just an appalling number. Today, the number is worse. If you look globally, now they tell us we think people will get uh, asked for feedback via a survey a quarter of a trillion. <laughs> uh, but I can't go, go back and change the name of the blog. We didn't think that all the way through. And it sounds catchier than a quarter trillion. Uh, it's, it, an, it's, it's an appalling number. <laughs> it's an appalling number. That is ridiculous. It, it, and it's going to be an ever-changing target, too. So you can't be like, oh, just kidding. It's now 500 billion. <laughs> like the signs on McDonald's that used to say a billion. <laughs> right. I think they ended up having to probably expand their size of their sign because they... they keep getting a zero adding to it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's awesome. So the topic today that I want to focus on is around CX fatigue. Uh, yeah. You created uh, a couple of blogs around CX fatigue and, and from both the customer and the employee experience. So, you know, to start off, define what CX fatigue means. Yeah. I mean, CX, we live in this bubble where we're thinking CX, CX, CX. Um, but we fatigue employees and we fatigue customers. Uh, we fatigue employees by pushing metrics at them nonstop. And when that doesn't work, we throw money at them. 
to try and incentivize them to give a good customer experience. This is one of the reasons why um, CX initiatives fail. By the way, uh, hey, that's a dirty secret in CX. Most CX investments underperform. Uh, mm. So, oops. Uh, one of the researchers who I greatly admire on this is Maxie Schmidt at Forrester. She talks about trying to make uh, employees, I think the term she used is coin operated, which is kind of, kind of harsh, but true. And the, mm. the terrible thing is that the behavioral science research and economics research behind this is completely unambiguous. It doesn't work. And yet we keep trying to do it. So we fatigue customers, or sorry, employees by throwing metrics at them and hoping they improve customer experience. But we fatigue customers as well. We're constantly, you know, asking, how are we doing? How are we doing? Like insecure boyfriends. Yeah. And we do it in ways that are totally tone deaf. Uh, I think one of the researchers who did more than anyone for us at Customerville is Dr. Simon Baron Cohen, whose research into Asperger's syndrome helped us figure out, like, how do you ask with empathy? And that is a big failing that causes CX fatigue. We don't have empathy when we ask. Hmm. So why, why don't we have empathy? Can you get into more detail on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you think about surveys, there's just this great opportunity uh, there, right? At some point, we started looking at surveys as you put a logo on a web form, right? And our, our industry, this kind of, you know, the, if you look at Qualtrics and Medallia and companies like that, these companies are, are backed up by billions of dollars in venture money and now have multi-billion dollars. But all of that was an engine with one premise or one major premise, which is we ask for feedback via a survey and a survey is a web form with a logo on it. And if you don't believe me, Google Qualtrics survey or Medallia survey, click on the images tab and look at the crap that comes up, right? It's appalling. And so we have actually this opportunity to make active listening, which is, you know, a survey, a great part of the CX. Uh, you just cannot set the bar at, let's put our logo on a web form. The bar is, how would I do this if I could do it face-to-face, -face, right? Yeah. If I could clone myself and personally ask every one of these customers how the experience was, what would I do? And from our point of view, what we believe is that if you can blend some great technology with art and behavioral science, you can kind of mimic how fulfilling feedback interactions uh, work between people. Yeah, no, that you know, the no, for sure it does. You know, every time, because I always try to think of it from not just me being in the role that I'm in, but me being a consumer. Uh, how yeah. do I feel about this situation? And, and most surveys that I receive are not enjoyable. They take too much of my time and they try to trick me and say, hey, just answer a few questions. Then you keep clicking and keep clicking and keep clicking. And you're like, ah, just let me get out of here. And finally, sometimes I just get frustrated and close it. And then I don't yeah. complete the survey because they don't respect my time. Um, you know, one thing that uh, when, I, when I go and go through these surveys, one thing that my wife's uh, grandma calls the baloney detector to see if it's authentic or, or not. And so how does this baloney detector affect customers? I love that. That is awesome. A baloney detector. People are incredibly sensitive baloney detectors or, or yeah. BS detectors. Um, and the reason is you had to be because for most of our evolutionary history, your life depended on it uh, for a very, very long time. 
for all 99% of our evolutionary history, you were pretty likely to die because somebody else killed you, right? Mm. And so you are really good at determining if someone is authentic or not. And, the, and here's the thing, you can't turn that off. You just can't. So even though somebody's asking you for feedback in, you know, you're doing a survey, which is obviously not a human to human interaction, right? Your uh, wife's, uh, your wife's grandma's baloney detector is yeah. always going to be on and you can't turn yeah. it off. You will judge even non-human interactions with a brand according to the higher human standard. You're going to judge that for authenticity just as you would if the CEO of that company was sitting there having a cup of coffee talking with you. That person was inauthentic and BSing you. You would judge that person negatively. You're going to do the same thing there. Does that make yeah. sense? No, it for sure does. You know, when you even, even when I, I think chat boxes have come a long way, but how many times have I gotten onto a website and I start messaging it, uh, this chat bot, and it's just this dumb chat bot that's trying to answer my questions and it's, it's not trained correctly. And I'm just like, immediately that baloney detector is going off, right? I'm like, I just want to talk to somebody else. I just want my problem solved. You know, so how do you get your customers to invest in that conversation? Uh, first of all, there's one of my favorite scenes in the new season of uh, Westworld. I mean, do you follow Westworld? I don't know. Uh, well, there, it's, a, it's just a wonderful series, and there's a it's an uh, HBO series, and there's a new season where um, where one of the characters is getting a call from uh, someone who said who says that we didn't give you the, the job, and the guy's really you know polite and cool, but there's something off, just slightly off about the kind of politeness and political correctness of the way the guy's talking. And at one point, um, after having this discussion, the, the person on the, the, the guy who got the call says, hey, dude, I don't mean to be harsh, but are you a real person? And then the guy has to confess, no, I'm a bot, right? So a bot, they had a bot call this guy and tell him I'm not giving him a job. So there's, you know, this is, a, this is not, you're asking a very important question that's gonna become nothing but more important. My business, we deal with how do you, create human empathy and mimic that in a survey. But I think we're going to be wrestling with this for years, right? Yeah. Um, but the bottom line, so you asked me, how do you get your customers to invest in that, right? Invest in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And the answer is that I think you have to show them the same respect you would face to face. We have, uh, I guess, I think we probably all had, unfortunately, we probably all had that experience of talking to someone who wasn't really authentically listening. Like you're talking to someone at a party and you realize you're not really that into talking to you and their eyes maybe yeah. go out of focus or they look at their sneak Or they're looking above you and around you. Yeah. Yeah, for somebody more interesting or somebody else, right? These are terrible, um, you know, behaviors. They're caustic to a relationship and they turn people off. If somebody's doing that to you, then you're going to reflexively not want to invest in that conversation. And so when you ask for feedback in any number of ways, you know, in our case, in the case of asking for direct feedback through a survey, you need to transmit authenticity. You need to give what we call conversational context. You create a little human connection, you give a little context, it doesn't take much effort, and then you can ask. And we do this all the time. If if you came to visit me in Valencia, so as you know, most of the year I live in in Spain where we have our developers and our designers. And if you came to Mm -hmm. Valencia to visit me, and you got lost on the street coming to my office, you would never just roll up to somebody and say, where is customer going? They would look right. at you like, like you're crazy because you can be acting that way. 
Yeah. Watch what you do. The first thing is you'd give up, make a little social connection with a hand gesture and a little head bob, a smile and a wave. Then you right. give a little bit of context. So there's your connection. A little bit of context. Hey, listen, I'm here to visit my friends at Cashmere, but I'm totally lost. I'm not from town. I'm totally lost. And the third thing you'd finally get around to doing is you'd ask, can you give me a point in the right direction? Mm -hmm. Connection, context, ask. So watch how you seek information. As you go through the rest of your day, and I'd encourage your listeners to do this, as you go through the rest of your day, right? Watch how you seek out information. You do it so effortlessly and beautifully and gracefully. It takes so little time, but you do it over and over. Connection, context, ask. Connection, context, ask. And that is one of the things that makes people feel comfortable investing in the conversation. And when it's off and it's not there, it feels bad. So whether you're talking about a chat bot or in the case of my company, uh, um, CX Surveys, you yeah. want to find ways to create connection, context, ask, and then you'll find people just willing to open their heads and their hearts to you and tell you what's going on. Right. No, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I think you are the most interesting uh, person in a party. So there's probably nobody that is looking for somebody else more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, am, I am always when people are trying to like, I cannot get this guy to stop talking about goddamn service. Somebody saved me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's funny. Uh, so let's switch to uh, the employees. You know, we talked a little bit or a decent amount about customers, but how does all of this fatigue uh, affect the employee? Yeah, I mean, like, as I said, I really think CX is about the employee. You're the storyteller in chief and your job is to collect a high quality story, right? A vivid story about this customer experience and get it into the hands of the employees. If employees are getting lousy feedback, I mean, they're being exposed to feedback that, is, that very often doesn't take into account the human on the receiving side of it. So it can be brusque, uh, it can be undignified. And if I expose you to that every day, pretty soon you'll develop an aversion to listening to feedback. That's how it affects them. So um, many of your listeners uh, are going to focus on CX being a contact center, yep. right? That's kind of a main hub of CX these days. And mm -hmm. here are a few numbers that are just going to floor you. Are you ready for this? I guarantee you it's just going to floor you. You ready? I'm coming at I, you. I'm, I'm holding on to my seat. Let's, let's do this. Right. In the contact center, this is what life is like. 55% of people in a contact center say management doesn't care about their health. Wow. Almost 40% feel a constant psychological distress. 24% use psychoactive medication. Wow. Almost 70% gain weight every single month they work there. The job is literally killing them. Over half, over 50% feel unempowered to do the right thing. That is what you are talking about. So when you ask, how does this affect the employees? The, the employees are already affected, right? The question is, how are you going to positively affect them? How can you gather a vivid customer story about the positives and yeah, the negatives, but a whole lot of it is the positives and, and use it in a way to change those metrics I just shared with you. Because if you yeah. do that, then the CX takes care of itself, right? right? Your job is to make these people feel better about their contribution to their company, their society, their family, all those things, right? Yeah. That's, that's what's at stake here. It's probably the number one thing I want people to understand. Yeah, I, I actually, you were giving me those stats and I, I literally got chills uh, hearing the, the stats because they're scary. Uh, they're they they're scary. not, there's not a, a fun environment to be in. So, you know, with customer churn inside the contact center, 
uh, or yeah, employee insured inside the contact center, um, you know, rising around a hundred percent year over year, like how do I pause that and potentially reverse it so we create a better experience for those employees? So, you know, By what the way, are, if you're, hey, listen, if you're, let me just tell you, if you're, if your listeners are in charge of CX programs, right, that uh, churn is a trillion dollar a year problem just in the United States alone, trillion with a T. So yep. thinking of those numbers, ask yourself, and by the way, there's a, we have a, a vlog episode. Uh, go to customerville.com slash vlog and look up best self. Um, you have the power to change those numbers and the relationship between changing that experience and dramatically reducing churn and the huge cost of churn is an ROI lever every CXer needs to be paying attention to. Don't go to your boss and say, I got net, net, promote, net promoter to go up by point one. He doesn't care. She doesn't care. Say, I saved us $10 million last quarter by um, cutting our employee churn by 15%. Right. They're going to care about that. Right. And because probably they're measured by that. If, if you yeah. can kind of focus on not just does it improve you as, a, as yeah. an employee, but it improves the metrics that uh, your leadership is measured on. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what are a few steps that uh, my listeners can take to improve the CX fatigue? Well, I think the number one thing is just, as I say, think of yourself as the publisher of the CX story, whatever you want to call it, the publisher, the Netflix producer of the story, whatever. You are, you, you got to get high quality stories told by people who believe you are listening and you understand that there are humans on the other side of it. Otherwise it's just garbage in, garbage out. Then you've got to make the sale, man. You've got to automate this process and, and create workflows that um, get these great stories into the hands of your teams. There are many things involved with, with doing this right, um, but I'll, I'll kind of tick off a few things. Like number one, uh, avoid hammering people with service complaints. So don't just um, fast track uh, all the negative response, right? If you want to improve CX fatigue, uh, especially among the employees, make what my sister Jessie calls a, a, a shit sandwich, right? package the bad with good in the front and the back so that people feel uplifted by it. The second thing is don't send them the, the same thing every day. If you have some kind of an, you know, an NPS report or a chart or something, you're sending the same thing to everybody in the org every week, they will stop paying attention by week three. So you have to mix it up. And, and the third thing is, honestly, I love our dashboard product. We have a great product called Live Dashboard, but if you want to, um, take action and reduce, reduce CX fatigue in your company. It's actually more often than not about the push email reporting. Like, can you get that to be so interesting and alive that people can't wait to read it, that you can send it on Saturday and they'll read it on Saturday. Um, if you can do that, then you, you are going beyond trying to get people's heads in the game. So you're getting their hearts in the game. And, that, and that's what yeah. you need to do. No, that's great. I think it, you know, kind of full circle, you kind of brought it right back to bringing, uh, bringing the chief storyteller um, to the main stage. So uh, I really appreciate that. You know, two questions that I ask every guest and, and uh, is, is the first question is, is what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? And the second question is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service and or customer experience professionals, what would it say? Oh, those are good questions. Um, this is where you put me on the spot and I feel like I'm not <laughs> read enough or something. Like I need to come up, like I need to say, I read something in the original Japanese 
and, <laughs> uh, okay, so I would say that um, Aaron Sorkin, the Academy Award-winning writer, producer, director, he's done just about everything, and he's amazing. He's uh, he's just amazing. Aaron Sorkin is amazing. I've followed him for a long time, uh, but uh, recently during you know COVID lockdown, I retook his master class on storytelling. And I think Aaron Sorkin has probably done more. You know, for all, he's produced some of the most memorable movies and, and television series in, in, you know, ever. Uh, and listening to explain how you hook people in a story has probably done more for me than anything in the past year in terms of how I think about storytelling and how we build software to automate that. Yeah. Uh, and again, not to plug the blog, but we have a really cool video on that called uh, Sorkin. Aristotle and the power of CX storytelling. And that's on our website on the blog page. That's great. And then um, if you could leave a note to all the customer service and or customer experience professionals, what would yeah. it say? I, I read the question one more time just so I can give you a little bit more leeway. A little time to think. It would be you are the storyteller in chief of the most important story going on in your company. You spend more time with your colleagues than you spend with your own families. So think about that, right? Be a great one and you'll make their lives fuller and better and the CX metrics will just happen. Great advice, man. Um, you can connect with Max on his website, customerville.com, on LinkedIn at Max Israel, M-A-X-I-S-R-A-E-L, and Twitter, Max is at Max Israel. Uh, anything else you would like to add on the on the social channels, your your personal Snapchat or Insta <laughs> Instaface or whatever you want to call it? <laughs> the Instanets. Uh, check out. So there are probably the things. First of all, thanks. These are wonderful questions. There are uh, there are. I think we've got to be pushing thirty videos right now on design driven yep. feedback. So blending technology with art and behavioral science and how you can draw from different disciplines to make CX better on our website, customerville.com slash vlog. Uh, if you're interested in our software, we'd love to talk with you, but we give all of our thought leadership content away. And that uh, also includes our book on design driven feedback, which I cleverly titled design driven feedback. Uh, and that's uh, available free in hard copy or e-book uh, e on the website too. Yeah, I highly recommend the book and the vlogs are, are priceless, my friend. So uh, oh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.